The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Gork's Red FM. You're very welcome along to the Big Red Bench this Saturday and a packed show on the way for you. Munster are currently in action against Glasgow in the URC. It's not going too well. 21-0 so far in Thoman Park. Joe McCarthy was at Park Urine earlier for Cork's win over Meath in the National Ladies Football League. We've reaction to that. We'll also look ahead to Cork v Derry tomorrow. Shawnee McGrath joins us ahead of Cork versus Kilkenny. That's also tomorrow. Big National Hurley League semi-final, of course. Cork Mogi boss Matthew Toomey joins ahead of tomorrow's game against Galway in their National League. We'll hear from Shane Keegan after Cove's 2-all draw against Finn Harps last night and Jim Crawford gives his thoughts on the big under-21 international at Turner's Cross versus Iceland tomorrow. All of that between here and 7. It's Aidan Lee here with you until 7 o'clock on the Big Red Bench here on Cork's Red FM 0868-104-106 or at Big Red Bench on Twitter if you want to get in touch with us. Just mentioned the uh, Munster game there, of course. Munster needing a win if they were to get a home quarter final in the RC and it really is not going to plan. Uh, ticking down towards halftime in Thoman Park, 21-0 to Glasgow and they're almost in for another try here. Uh, they are in for another try here. Glasgow go over and he's almost underneath the post there. So uh, 20, probably going to be going in 28 nil down at half time is really, really poor for Munster after a pretty good run of late. But uh, looks like now they'll be on the road for that uh, last four clash in the, or the last day clash in the URC. Uh, no good news either in the Women's Six Nations Ireland captain Nicola Friday said their own errors let them down as they lost out to Wales 31-5 in the Women's Six Nations in Cardiff. The host ran in four tries, clinch a bonus point win. Friday got the consolation try for the Irish in the late game in Newcastle. It's England 31, Scotland 0. Munster, as we said, have that must-win game in Thoman Park and uh, it's not looking like they're going to be picking up the victory there. Ulster will be captained by Duane Vermoulin when they welcome his former club, the Bulls, to Kingspan Stadium at 25-8. to And Caelan Blade was the hat-trick hero once again as Connacht ease past Edinburgh 41-26 in the URC clash at the sports ground. In football, of course, international break. Monday, big one against France for Ireland. Uh, France starting their uh, campaign off with a 4-0 win over... Was it 4 or 3? Anyway, 4-0, wasn't it, against the Netherlands last night? Um, so they'll be on... Uh, after a bit of talk of maybe some unrest in the camp between the likes of Griezmann and Mbappe over the captaincy, uh, they looked pretty good last night. Uh, Scotland's Euro 2024 qualifying campaign also began with a win. They defeated Cyprus 3-0 at home. Scott McTominay scored a brace late on with John McGinn also on target at Hampden Park. We should do that for United. Uh, Wales are in action against the 2018 World Cup runners-up Croatia later. A second improved bid from Manchester United has been made by Qatari banker Sheikh Jassim. Uh, he was given extra time to submit a renewed offer for the Premier League club. He put that in overnight. His most likely rival is British billionaire Jim Ratcliffe. And um, yeah, it's, it's probably going to be one or two of them. Um, there was another guy from Finland uh, that, that was involved in a bid and it's uh, predicated on uh, fan ownership structure, which 
his uh, facts and figures don't really they're not re- they're not very realistic as great as as fan ownership would be they're just not really realistic so you imagine it is either going to be Qatar or Ratcliffe I would obviously prefer if it was Ratcliffe. I know he's probably no saint either, but um, considering my thoughts and feelings on the World Cup in Qatar, you know, I just I wouldn't want them involved in running any Premier League club, to be honest with you, but not Manchester United anyway. Uh, in golf, Rory McIlroy's through to the quarterfinals at the World Match Play in Austin, Texas. He defeated Ozzy Lucas Herbert. He'll play Xander Shoffley now in the last eight. And uh, some news... Uh, in Ireland, uh, Jim Long was appointed the new Gulf Ireland president. He succeeds the outgoing K.O. Lachlan. She was the first ever female president of the national gover- governing body for the sport. All right, let's get into Gaelic Games. <clears throat> Before we get into the results in Parky Rin, the hurlers of Westmead secured their Division 1 league status after a 324-126 win over Leash and Thurless. If anybody was in Parky Cueve the day they played Cork, you have to say it's well-deserved for Westmead because they were pretty good that day. They put it up to Cork, to be fair to them. Now, they never had Cork under the pin of the collar or anything, but they, they're certainly good enough to stay in Division 1, and it's just not fair on these teams... Like, I've, you know, obviously Kerry today losing out, we'll get to that in a second, but, you know, you see with the likes of Westmead, Leash, Antrim, who've managed to stay up this time, um, awfully when they've gone up, like, it, it, it's it's structured now that, you know, one of those two or three teams is going to go down every single year and come back up. It's just, it makes no sense. It's a, it's a massive, it's a massive bugbear and massive shame because it's, you know, for the sport we have to have, done what we've done to league structures and made it so uncompetitive like there's I don't know you know back in the day when you'd 1A and 1B proper like it was way more competitive you had teams fighting for their lives in 1A to stay up going into 1B then like Galway and Limerick both won all Ireland's out of 1B but it was great for the the likes of um, you know your Westmeads your Leashes Kerry were in 1B for a bit Antrim etc they could all have a really good fighting chance of staying up in 1B then and obviously possibly fluke in a semi-final as well out of that. So it was a way better system but now it is it is just to protect the top counties. Like, I don't know, I'm, say, I'm saying that in one of those top counties uh, but that is that is the way it's structured. Uh, the first of the Division 1 semi-finals takes place this evening. Limerick at home to Tipperary from half seven and of course then it's Cork versus Kilkenny on the other side of the draw and we'll hear from Shawnee McGrath later on in the show ahead of that one awfully into the Division 2A final like I said against Kildare next weekend they beat Kerry 23 points to 19 Kerry were in front at times and um, they awfully scored 4 points in a row um, to pull ahead of Kerry and uh, they just the kingdom never looks like uh, clawing back that deficit alright Cork's ladies footballers finished their National League Division 1 campaign off with a win the Rebels defeated the All-Ireland champions Meath in Parky Rin 2-8 to 11 points here is the Cork manager Shane Renane OK, first of all, Shane, Ryan, congratulations. That's a hard-earned win against a battle-hardened Mead All-Ireland winning team. Did you get more out of the, today's league game, considering there wasn't much at stake for either teams than you were expecting? Yeah, I suppose, look, uh, I thought there was going to be a kick in Mead today after their disappointing results last weekend, and I suppose, look, they had did Vicky back today and Emma Duggan, Emma Duggan came on for the second half, so did a bit more about them, and I think, um, you know, they... They, we, you know, I suppose we don't. We think we dealt with their system very well in the second half. You know, they they got a lot of bodies back, and we weren't quick enough transitioning the ball. But look, we're 
we're reasonably happy with it. Like, you know, we got game time into players. Look, Darren got a game, got a half a game into her today. Uh, other players got their starts. So, look, we're very happy with that. Even look, Sarah Murphy did very well in goals for her first start. So, like, look, it's very important that we have competition in, in the squad. So, look, that's, I suppose that's the big plus out of today. I was going to mention, Sarah, because she made some very, very important saves. It was a turning point in the first half. She makes a point blank save. Emma goes down the other end of the pitch and gets a goal fee. But overall, you must be very pleased with her performance. Yeah, looking fair. So she did very, very well. Uh, first start, you know, she, she got 20 minutes against Donegal and he touched the ball once. So, you know, I suppose today it was, it was going to be a baptism, baptism fire for it was meet or you know, meet or double our Ireland champions and not that for anything. So, as you know, so like I think uh, we're very happy with her, you know, fair. So now, look, does we big competition between ourselves and Maeve and that's what we want. You know, we had that last year and we now have it again. This this year and I think that's very important you've got competition everywhere all over the field so look we're delighted with that Just finally what happens though between we see Cork on a pitch again it's about four or five weeks I think approximately for the Munster Championship Well they can have about five or six days after and then we're, we're back Championship training for Championship training on, on Friday night and I suppose look they can enjoy tonight uh, you know enjoy a couple of days off and, and look we're going to do five hard weeks and get ready for Tipperary on, the, on, on April 30th and look it's going to be after that it's just going to be straight straight, straight through hopefully on, on the middle of August because it's a game on game uh, with very little breaks and look we're, we're looking forward to it uh, I suppose look we finished the league on a, on a high we've won three games in a row any other year we'd probably be in the league semi-final if there was a league semi-final so look we're, we're quite happy where we are but we're, we know we've a lot of work Yes. Excellent. Best luck. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks very much, Joe. Yeah, Shane Renane there speaking to Jeremy McCarthy after that one in Park Uren. Very good win for Cork against the All Ireland champions. Meath here is Sarah Leahy afterwards speaking to Joe also. Now, Cork captain Sarah Lee, first of all, congratulations. Uh, that was a hard earned win against the Meath team with a lot of experience and they put it up to you. Yeah, they absolutely did. Um, I think our first, we would be the happier with our first half performance, definitely. Um, but Meath are never an easy team to play against, but I think we were happy to get the win at the end of the day, anyways. Um, yeah, because for two, team, two teams with nothing really riding on this actual game, you really went at it. And I suppose, had you one eye on the fact that it's going to be five weeks before you play a competitive game again? Absolutely. I think um, every league game we learn something new, so we wanted to end it, end it well, I suppose. So we try to incorporate every lesson that we learned throughout the league and we're delighted to end it with a win now coming off to Championship in five weeks. How important is this block? I know it's hugely important, but for the younger players, Sarah, like you're the captain, like a lot of the older players know what's coming, but they need to really hit the ground running come Provincial Championship time. Yeah, no, the next five weeks are absolutely imperative. Um, I think we're really happy with the league campaign that a lot of young girls got game time and they have really valuable experience got now throughout the league the next five weeks will up the intensity at training and that will be really important for the young girls to experience as well uh, in preparation for championship how have you found the league campaign because you know you've had some really tough games at the start I mean obviously one above Mayo you got the draw against Waterford and Kilkenny that day so there's been highs and lows but overall I suppose the fact that you've won your last two games it's a nice boost now finishing up in the league Absolutely I think it's been a really important league campaign for us I think we've learned really valuable lessons throughout um, the fact that we've lost a lot uh, lost a, a good few games and won a few games all really valuable experiences for the girls and I think it's just the most important thing is that we learn from every match and I think that we have and I think most importantly as well we've really bonded as a group considering that there are a lot a lot of new faces in as well well enjoy the next couple of days because I know you have those off but uh, best of luck in the five week training block I will of course thank you so much alright Jeremy McCarthy is on the line from Parky Rin where Cork have just had a good win against the All-Ireland champions no less they defeated Meath 2-8 to 11 points uh, Jerp no harm to beat the All-Ireland champions down in Cork? 
Certainly not, Aidan. Um, always good to do it, but more importantly for Cork, I think, today was the fact that they finished off their league campaign with a win, back-to-back wins, um, considering they won't play again competitively for the next five weeks now. That's the next game when they play Tipperary in the round robin of the Munster Championship. So, players are going to have a bit of time off this week, but then it's a serious five-week block of intense training, getting ready for the Munster Championship. And look, today's game didn't have a lot of riding on it for either team, but it was refreshing to see both of them really go at it. And at times, it was um, it was played with championship intensity, leading two five to five at the break. You know, Cork were doing were doing really well after a good first half, but they only scored three points in the second half, which disappointed Shane Ronan. But look, they got the win, and they got the win against the amazed team that had some of their stars back, the likes of Vicky Wall, um, you know, Neva Sullivan, Furos. They were all there today, and uh, they they put in a good shift. So I think. You know, from Cork's point of view, considering they won't play a competitive game for over a month, uh, it was a good way to finish the league campaign off with a win. Not the greatest second half performance ever, but they'll take it. Yeah, goals win games and uh, Shane Renan will be particularly happy with that, I suppose. The two goals going in being the difference. Yes, and it's uh, it's been a it's one of one of the things that Cork one of the aspects of Cork's play this year which has been refreshingly positive. They are managing to score goals in nearly all of their games. Hope to correction, but I think they scored a goal in all of their league games, and they have the players you know to finish off those those flowing moves that they start deep from their own half. And that was the case today. Darren O'Sullivan, who played the first half, uh, the Warren Abbey player, back for the first time this year, she launched a long range uh, point attempt, but when it fell short, Libby Coppinger did brilliantly to gather it from a defender and a goalkeeper and finish. And then just towards the end of the first half, really the killer the killer moment, really, uh, in the space of 60 seconds, Sarah Murphy, who was in goal today, uh, for the first time instead in, in uh, playing a full senior league competitive game instead of Maeve O'Sullivan she made another brilliant save she made three or four really important saves in the first half but she made a point blank stop to stop Evie and Cleary from definitely scoring for Meath and then from the from the resultant rebound Cork went down the other end of the field and as you said got that second and killer goal Emer Kiley finishing it off that really was the turning point in the game just before half time it wasn't as it was a much tighter and tougher second half. A lot of subs as well, which can take the rhythm out of the game. But I think first half, we saw enough, and I think Shane Renane saw enough, that he'd be pleased, considering a lot of the Camogie players were able to finish up a bit earlier than expected. He took likes of Libby and Hannah off. He didn't play Orla Callan at all, because they're playing Camogie tomorrow in Parky Creef against Galway. So I think, look, a win over me, as you said, is very, very good, considering there's a bit of a break between now and the next game that they play. And the fact that they knocked in two goals, um, I think all in all, first half performance, uh, Shane Ronan can be quietly pleased. Reflecting on the campaign then as a whole, we always hear about how managers want to find that one or two players. Has Shane Ronan found those few players now to bring into the championship? Well, that's a good question. I mean, that's really what the league campaign was all about this year for Cork. We know the the kind of the, the settle, well, what's it, the settle players, but the star players and I suppose the senior players who've been there quite a while. Kira Sullivan played particularly well today. Roisin Field and Emer Emer Kiley. But I think for me, um, some of the players that have, have shone and I think have come in and made a mark. Definitely Sarah Murphy today, the Bright Rovers goalkeeper, because she hadn't played a full game as I said, and she did exceptionally well in goal. She's now, as Shane said himself in one of our interviews, um, you know, putting her hand up for selection. Dara Kinnery from Liz School also played exceptionally well at halfback she covered a fair bit of ground as did Shauna Kelly now Shauna is not, not new to it but at the same time the Ara Glenn Desmond's boy centre back she's, she's a very important player for Cork this year and she did particularly well as well Anna Ryan started today in the corner to Mornabi young Mornabi forward and again you know linked a lot of good play which was in, in, impressive to see from somebody so young but I suppose to answer your question directly um, in the likes of Abby O'Mani, Abigail Ring Ellie Jack 
you know, Sive McGoldrick, the two McDonough's from Nave Vaughan, Lydia and Amy, like they've all certainly had an opportunity to show what they can do. Isabel Sheehan from Airog as well, and Rosie Corkery, another Nave Vaughan player. These are the kind of players that he, you know, Shane has been careful with. He hasn't played full matches with them, but he certainly dropped them in whenever he's had an opportunity to do so. And he's had a good look at them over the league campaign. And I think out of that group that I just mentioned there, definitely Derek Henry and definitely, you know, the likes of, of, of Sarah Murphy and Anna Ryan and, um, you know, uh, Isabel. Oh, sorry, Abby O'Mahony and Isabel Sheen. These are the kind of players that have put their hands up for selection and they will push the more established players coming up to championship and that's exactly what you want. But um, overall, I, I think I would still expect Cork to field a pretty experienced team come Munster Championship time. He's still got the likes of Melissa Duggan, Shauna Kelly, Hannah Looney in there. Darren O'Sullivan getting a half under her belt today was very important. She needs to come back. But Kira O'Sullivan and Emma Cleary, um, Libby Coppinger as well, and Emer Kiley, who's been a real find this year. She's back in the squad again. The Valley Rovers player, um, she's been very, very good and consistent. So look, options definitely. New Newcomers to the squad. It's a very changed squad from the last few years when I've been covering the Cork senior team and a lot of positives to take into that Munster Championship. Yeah, and it's going to be an absolutely, uh, it's going to be a cracker of a Munster Championship uh, when, you, when you look at it. Obviously, Kerry are into the league final. They're really, you know, they're, that train is rolling for them now. You know, back-to-back or back-to-back league finals, isn't it? They won the Division 2 final last year into an All-Ireland final and now into a Division 1 final. And uh, Cork obviously got the better of them last year. But if they come up against each other this year, it's going to be a totally different game, isn't it? And, uh, but that's only good for both counties going forward into the All-Ireland series. Yeah, and you're right. It will be only good for them. They need to drive each other on because, you know, a really tight, tough monster final like we had down in an absolutely baking Killarney last year. I'll never forget. It was a fantastic day. Really good game of football. It took an Orla Finn goal to get the better of Kerry. But I've been saying this for a while, Aidan, on the, red, on the big red bench, and I've been saying it in print as well. Like, you know... Um, Declan Quill and, and Dara Small they've done a fantastic job not just the last couple but over the last three or four years and it's not that long ago um, in the middle of COVID actually when Cork went down under um, you know in a league match I think it was and needed a Saoirse Noonan penalty late in the game to win that particular day that's nearly two or three years ago if not more now and I, I distinctly remember that day Declan wasn't in the job Declan and Dara weren't in the job long but even then I could see I could see what they were trying to do and they've developed the players fantastically well look if you get to an All-Ireland final you're doing something right and if yeah. you get to league finals and you perform consistently you're definitely doing something right I would not read into one iota of the league victory in Parky Cueve the last day because Louise Merhartig and a few others just weren't there some of the established carry players just they were rested as you would expect them to do when they'd already reached the league final there was nothing to be gained or learned I think from taking on a, a, you know putting a strong team out so I fully understand that but I, the window of opportunity in ladies football Aiden, is very very tight in that if you develop a team that's capable of winning in All-Ireland you better hit your marks and you better get it done because the likes of Dublin are coming back. Meath today, even though they were beaten, I can see with the likes of Vicky Wall and the other players that they've got coming back. They don't have Eamon Murray on the sideline anymore, I know that, but there's still enough players in that team to get to an All-Ireland final, most definitely. Dublin will be gunning to get back to an All-Ireland final. We haven't even mentioned, you know, Galway, we haven't mentioned either another rising team in Munster and that's Waterford. Don't see them winning an All-Ireland this year, but much like Kerry two, two or three years ago, if not more, they've started to get their act together and they have always given Cork hard games. It is going to be a fascinating Monster Championship it is going to be a very interesting Monster Championship and I think we'll learn a lot if Cork end up playing Kerry and it is an if in the Monster Final um, about both teams because following that you're into an All-Ireland series and you better be hitting the ground running but look Cork and all the teams that well Cork definitely have a five week block of training all the players mentioned it there that we spoke to afterwards between now and that Tipperary game it is absolutely crucial and vital 
that they um, put in the hard work now and get the you know get in the gym, get out on the pitch and get ready and hit the ground running because I think more so than Kerry and Cork need to hit the ground running in the Munster Championship this year. But it's going to be a fascinating championship and I can't wait. Absolutely. Just to finish up then, uh, tomorrow John Cleary's side face uh, buoyant mm. Derry team. Uh, of course, Cork, they'll be hurting big time from last week that defeat away to load. They will. Um, and I think the manner of it probably more so than the actual final score because it was a pretty soft penalty that uh, Loud scored from a rebound from and you know they had caught, it was a call of Manny or I can't remember off the top of my head one of the players was uh, Daniel Manny was Daniel sent Manny, off yeah. sorry yeah, that was sent off and look that kind of changed the course of the second half look they knew what they were going to be up against we saw Loud last year in the All-Ireland qualifiers at Barkley Cueve 14-15 behind the ball and break at pace and whether you like it or you hate it I don't really care you have to respect it because look what Conor Devlin and especially Mickey Hart have done since they've got in there look if if they were to beat Dublin Loud it would be three consecutive promotions and no one's ever done that in the football league as far as I know and look, that's sensational. Like, so I mean, I wouldn't be too bothered about the fact that the way they lost up and low, they'll obviously be disappointed. But from Cork's point of view, even though there's nothing much riding on tomorrow's game with Derry, we don't know what kind of team Derry are going to put out with one eye in the National League final. It's still important, much like the ladies today, finish the campaign on a high, get a win, get another win under the belt, and let's build on it from there. Because again, much like Cork, LGFA under Shane Renan, John Cleary needs momentum he needs momentum and I think he's done that very well this year with Cork right from the preseason in the McGrath Cup he's picked consistently more or less the same team whenever he could and I think it's benefited Cork I think Cork are in a better place than they were this time 12 months ago but we learn a bit more about them tomorrow against Derry but I, I you know I wouldn't be too disheartened if they were to lose but if they were to win it would be good timing um, exiting the league with another victory and against a very very good Derry team but um, I expect a close game but I think if Cork can nick it um, it will do them the power of good Absolutely. John McCarthy, thanks a minute for joining us on The Bigger Bench. No worries. Yeah, John McCarthy there speaking to us uh, from Parky Rain earlier after Cork's win over Meath uh, in the Ladies National Football League and also speaking ahead of tomorrow's game between Cork and Derry at uh, Parky Cueve. Uh, turning our attention now to hurling though and a big one tomorrow for Pat Ryan's hurlers against Kilkenny in Nolan Park. 4pm throw-in semi-final, a final spot up for grabs again. It's a replay of last year's league semi-final. I spoke to Cork legend Shawnee McGrath ahead of the match. Delighted to say Cork legend Shawnee McGrath is on the line ahead of tomorrow's National Hurling League semi-final between Cork and Kilkenny. Shawnee, thanks a minute for joining us on the bigger bench. No problem, Aidan. I suppose before we get to the game tomorrow, what are your thoughts overall on the campaign to date? Four wins and a draw. It's about what everybody would have wanted and uh, what, what Pat Ryan's aim would have been at the start of this campaign. Definitely, Aidan. Yeah, I mean, he's he's eked out some. He's got some great wins. I suppose the first one, particularly against Limerick, um, when the first half wasn't very encouraging, they were absolutely brilliant in the second half, and you know followed up with a brilliant win away from home against uh, Galway and Pierce Stadium, and then other wins maybe when the game was going against them against Wexford, they hung in there going against them against Clare the last day they got their draw. So it's been a mixed bag of everything, um, and he's given plenty of players their opportunity, even again tomorrow. There are some fellas playing that, you know, I wouldn't say are bankers to start in championship, but look, it's a huge game in Nolan Park and Pat has given them their chance. So from that perspective, he's been very, very fair with the players. The players have responded and got some great victories. It's been a tough group, I suppose, because the other group, with respect, I suppose, had Leash and, and Tremendous. So the only kind of 
side you could say was a banker of a win was was against Westmead. All the other four games were difficult. So I think today Park would be really delighted and um, couldn't be happier now to go away to, to, to Kilkenny and Nolan Park um, and really test himself. Yeah, I, I think as well, like you go back to the first first game against Limerick, you looked at that second half and it's a real sliding doors moment, you know, you, the two goals from Robbie O'Flynn and Decky Dalton and then eventually you have that winner by Shane Kingston, like the, the whole of uh, Parky Cueve up on their feet as if they're after almost, you know, winning an Ireland semi-final or something. But like you look back to that, they, they really did carry that buzz and that energy through the campaign, you feel. Yeah, they did. Um, I suppose you'll always get a bounce for the new manager. Um, Pat was a fabulous player for Cork, and has you know had huge success maybe with the under twenties there a couple of years ago. So, I think him coming in and his selectors, there was always going to be a bounce. And the players look have kind of responded. I suppose the the the, the punters have come out in force. Huge crowds going to, to games home and away, and the players have responded. Like I said earlier, they've played some really good hurling in some instances, and in other instances when the game might be slightly going against them. Particularly, I suppose, the last day in Cusick Park, which is a hard place to go as well, Aidan. You know, they eked out a great victory. And they still knew that, you know, despite the result, they were going to qualify for a semi-final. But I think, you know, Cork fans would be delighted with the, the grace and determination that they've shown. Um, so, yeah, like the, the, the fans are, look, Cork fans, Aidan, we all know, are gasping as well for some success and some glory. So, you know, to beat the All-Ireland Champions the first day was brilliant. I don't think, you know, Cork fans are getting too giddy or excited. They still know there's a long way to go, albeit championship is only a month away. Um, you know, there's 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 the round robin stuff, and um, you know who knows? You see, last year with a good league campaign, what happened with Liam Cahill and Waterford, brilliant league final, and they were out of the championship a couple of weeks ago. So, Cork fans are realistic as well. We've probably been here before, but you know, you can only play what's in front of you. You can only live in the moment. And at this point in time, you know, I think you know Cork will be happy. Pat Ryan will be happy, and the Cork fans will be happy with what he's delivered in the field. Cork fans would never get carried away, Shawnee. Uh, <laughs> what players have impressed you the most so far through this campaign? Are are there any players that have surprised you? Um, I won't say have surprised me, but definitely what players have impressed, I think, would be Owen Downey. He hasn't surprised me at all. I think he's a fabulous player. played some great stuff last year with the club. And I think the likes of Padraig Power has, has shone very well. He's got a goal and a point in each of his last games. And his goals were really well taken, especially the last day against Clare, like kind of very easy to slip the ball over the bar. He went for goal and, you know, expertly finished it. So he's been impressive. I've been deli- delighted with Shane Barrett as well. It's a great time for Shane and his form dipped slightly last year. But um, there's a real spring in his step and a real bounce to his play. And he's got some fabulous scores throughout the campaign. So they're probably, you know, three players that have, have shone for me, I suppose. And, you know, I said when we did the thing a couple of months ago, Aidan, um, myself and Tomas, that I really felt that Cork had to find a few players. Now, maybe stating the obvious every season, yeah. every management group is looking for new players, but definitely I think Cork needed to find one or two in defence and one or two in attack. Um, and then you go, again, look, you take another line of the field, centre field. I think Brian Roach as well has shone well there and is definitely in a, you know, depending on what happens over the next maybe game or if they get to the final the next two games, he's a right chance of putting himself in the frame for a championship um, starting Burton. For me, they could be four guys, some um, that could potentially make their debut and other guys that have found their form that, you know, four new guys say compared to last year. So they're the four that stick out for me. Um, they've had a brilliant campaign to date and hopefully they carry it forward to tomorrow. Yeah, it's a new experience, isn't it, for, for Pat Ryan and his management team going away to Nolan Park for a league semi-final. What are your own memories of playing at Nolan Park? Uh, I suppose you would have only played there in the league, I suppose, or any other experiences there? 
Um, yeah, it's difficult. Um, we played her a few times in the league. We actually played a Railway Cup final there in 2000. Um, very hard ground to go to. Um, Don Lamani made some good points in this morning's examiner. Just, you know, card players, and it's vice versa. Kenny would say the same, that we probably always saw them as the litmus test if you could perform well against them, number one, and particularly if you could perform well away from home. And Anthony Daly made a point maybe that the league... Um, you know, the team that top the league should have the advantage of home, home advantage to say, but I think Pat would be happy to go away from home, really test his players. Obviously winning a title would be huge for him to be a great start to his managerial, senior managerial career, but definitely just to test the metal of lads. I'd say that's what he'd want to see tomorrow. Can they stand up? Look, it's not to kill Kenny of old, but they're still really good. They were all our finalists last year. Um, you know, they've come through their own campaign really, really well. So I think Pat would be absolutely delighted to go up there and it will test the players and as Donald said in the paper this morning, you know, Cork kill Kenny away from home will give his will give the management crew um a real indicator of, of the ability and character of, of their players. Yeah, you mentioned obviously it's it's their first year post Brian Cody and Derek Ling has been quietly working away, hasn't he? Like whenever you take on a job like that, you know, you think of the likes of David Moyes as the obvious uh, example, I suppose, uh, with Man United taking over from Alex Ferguson. But he's quietly doing his thing, isn't he? You know, there's not a whole pile of attention on him. And what have you made of them so far? Yeah, I've been impressed. Um, he's brought some fellas through from the 20s. Notably, I suppose, um, Billy Drennan, the, the forward, the free-taker, left-hander, and Derek would have worked with him as well when he won his All-Ireland campaign a couple of years ago. Um, and I think they've been adaptable. They've been able to adapt to a traditional type game. And, you know, the last day against Waterford, I mean, have we seen tactics deployed as much as, as Davy did maybe half-backs? I've never seen half-backs <laughs> run up the field to try and get their own puck out. Um, but, you know, the, the, Derek adapted to it. And despite all the tactical um, astuteness on the line from Davy. To still ultimately Kilkenny that won the game so I think Derek has done well he's adapted to the senior game versus the underage game really really you know competently and comfortably really he's got himself into a, a league semi-final and I think you know they, they still for the modern game and the changes very similar to Pat Ryan and Cork they still have that traditional element to their play they move the ball really really quickly get it into the forward line as quickly as possible not too many you know touches around the middle part of the field um, and he's experimented I mean from a positional point of view, have we ever seen a player like Padraig Walsh who can go from centre-forward in an all final to, to play in cornerback? Um, Paddy Deegan has played in the back line. I think he's picked to play half-forward and he's played other games throughout the league campaign half-forward. And not just, I suppose, during you know Derek's reign over the last couple of months, but Cody was the same. Brian Cody always experimented with players and Derek has continued in that vein. But I think the Kilkenny people would be delighted. As you said, it was huge. There were huge boots to fill. An absolute legend in the game. We'll never see a manager like Brian Cody and I think over the last five or six games, um, the Kilkenny fans could only be both delighted with the way Derek has equipped himself on the line and, and got his charges ready. And now here they are in the semi-final against Cork tomorrow. Yeah, the team that Pat Ryan has picked is probably about as strong as he has at the moment. Like Still missing the likes of Mark Coleman, Dara Fitzgibbon, Seamus Harnady, Sean O'Leary-Hayes, the captain, Sean O'Donoghue is still missing. Declan Dalton isn't there. Obviously, Robbie O'Flynn picked up the injury in the first game against Limerick. He's out long term. Um, but still, that team that he's picked, you, you'd fancy them to, to go and get the result tomorrow. Yeah, you would. Um, I didn't mention him yet, but he's picked Eaton Toomey as well, who had a brilliant campaign last year for the Bears. He's picked at centre field. Um, I think the last day or two, two games ago, maybe against Wexford, he was half back. Might not suit him as much, so he's gone back to his more familiar berth in midfield. And he's gone with Jack O'Connor as well. And a bit like Shane Barrett, there's been flashes of Jack um, that have been very encouraging, getting his form of 2021 back. 
Um, so, yeah, and, and like, again, back to Donald Manning's article this morning, he referenced Connerly Han, maybe the game against Limerick when it wasn't going for him, they left him on the field. Just started to get that confidence that he could feel that, you know, the management had his back and that he went away and he got two, three or two, four yeah. a week later against Galway. So I think the management should be applauded for that. Um, and you're right, Aidan, he's gone probably with this, you know, his strongest side, um, giving fellas their opportunity, fellas that have played well throughout the campaign, fellas maybe whose form have been up and down, just trying to instill that confidence thing in the camp. And maybe over the last couple of years, Cork have lacked, um, you know, when you don't get over the line, there's obviously a gap there. So I think that might have been an Achilles heel. Two things, maybe in the tackle, Cork hasn't been strong and maybe just been a little bit mentally fragile. So, I think Pat is trying to say to fellas, look, we'll play with you, we'll work with you, you work with us. Um, I, I, I'm hearing that the training is going really, really well, that there's a brilliant mood in the camp. Um, and that's indicated then by obviously wins and the draw against Clare and, and the fighting spirit. So to your point, yeah, they're going strong tomorrow. And they showed, I mean, again, I made a point a couple of months ago that I think it will be a huge deal to win the title. Um, you know, it's been 1998 since we won the title, so that's gone on 25 years and... We haven't been regularly winning stuff in the meantime to make up for it. We've won a couple of months of campaigns, but we have no All-Ireland. So getting some trophies in the cabinet now is huge for Cork Hurling. And I'd hope that they go there tomorrow, get a result and put themselves into the final against either Tipper Limerick. I'll push you so far. Prediction, will, will Cork get over the line? Um, I think it'll be a hard game. It will be a huge win. Look, to be honest, I normally do point for my own county. I think tomorrow they could, you know, just with the home advantage that Kilkenny have, they're very physical um, they do love the, the competitive stuff and the tackle it would be a huge win obviously we're going up there hoping for the victory but I actually think that Kilkenny could scrape through by a pint or two to be honest Aiden. well hopefully hopefully you're wrong for once Johnny anyway uh, any yeah. any word yet on, on the Jubilee dinner the night before the, the league final this year <laughs> all very all rumours uh, we certainly would like a Jubilee team I'm going bald and grey so we do look like a team that was 25 years ago <laughs> Um, but hopefully nothing. there's nothing in the calendar today anyway unless we hear it in the next couple of days we have to get it sorted somebody surely listened to this left to have, so I have to get it sorted for you alright Sean McGrath so, certainly one for Landers anyway I'd be the man to organise something like that <laughs> excellent stuff Shawnee uh, hopefully uh, Cork can get over the line tomorrow in Nolan Park thanks a million for joining us on the show no problem take it easy Ed yeah, Sean McGrath there speaking ahead of Cork versus Kilkenny tomorrow, the semi-final of the National Hurling League and Rory will have all the reaction to that tomorrow evening from 6pm. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Stay tuned. We're going to talk Mogi and, uh, of course, turn our attention to that game between Ireland and Iceland at Turner's Cross tomorrow evening. Don't go away. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6pm. Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. Cork's Red FM. You're very welcome back to the Big Red Bench here on Cork's Red FM. Aidan Lee here with you until 7 o'clock. Turning our attention now to Camogie and Cork are in action in the very National League tomorrow in Parky Cueve. The Rebels face Galway at 12 noon in the first game of a doubleheader. Cork's footballers face Derry after that. Jar has been speaking to Cork Camogie boss Matthew Toomey ahead of tomorrow's game. No, joining me on the line here on the Big Red Bench is Cork Senior Camogie Manager Matthew Toomey to talk about his side's fantastic um, National League win up in Nolan Park last Sunday morning. 23 points for Cork, 110 for Kilkenny. Um, a fantastic win for Cork who are all, all but assured a place in the National League uh, final now at this stage. Uh, Matthew, you're very welcome to the bench and congrats on that win. Thanks very much, George. Thanks for having me on. Um, 
I'm going to mention Linda Mellerick's report here in the Echo. It's on echolive.ie following that match on Sunday morning. 10 players sharing 23 points um, against a side that you, you know well and you always have difficulty with, likewise then with ye. Is that the most pleasing aspect coming out of Nolan Park or was it just getting the win? I suppose it's, it's, a, it's a bit of both. Um, like for the performance itself, like it was a kind of a pressure game because I suppose, look, we have to win to keep the momentum going. They were kind of coming off two defeats. So, like, like I suppose the chances of them qualifying for the league final were, were gone before they played us. So, like, it was nearly a free shot off us. So, just it was just the character, the way we played. Um, I suppose the Tipperary game, we, we, we kind of found a few things that we weren't so happy with. And it was just kind of, you know, the last two weeks we spent talking to the players, um, just kind of showing them if we did things differently that, you know, we get successful. But, and look, thankfully that came through yesterday. A lot of the work. Um, Liam Cronin, our coach, has been doing with them, came through yesterday, which was great, you know, and it, it, it's a sense of belief for the players. So getting the win was great. Um, 10 players scoring, like we, we emptied the bench yesterday. I think Molly was the only one who didn't come on. Um, and they all made an impact, which is great because, look, you have, you have to have the panel, you know, with all the injuries we've had and, and, and all that. Like, you know, it, it, the panel is, is hugely important. It certainly is. Um, could I put it to you, considering that you got a fairly you know, a fairly straightforward win in your opening game over Dublin uh, and then Clare, that the game in the rag against Tipperary was about the best possible preparation, beating Tip 114 to 112 in tough conditions, really physical encounter, that that stood to you against Kilkenny the last day? Absolutely, there's no question about that. Um, I suppose a lot of people say you learn a lot in defeat, but I think we we came away with a win that day, but we learned so much from it. Um, you know, like I suppose when we look back and analyse the game, um, there was there was a lot of features that we were close to getting right, but we just there was kind of just a small bit of margins in us, and um, just we had to go tweaking stuff. But look, it, we we learned so much about it, and I, I, I suppose it brought us down to earth a bit. Like if if we got a good win against Tipperary, you know, and we, you know, if we got the win yesterday, we could have got carried away ourselves. We we know if we don't perform to our full potential, we're going to be under pressure in any game, and I think that's the big thing we have home with, you know, which is great. Yeah, you mentioned the players as well that you brought on. You were able to empty all but one player from the bench, which is a real benefit of the National League. Um, in terms of injuries, Matthew, there are some long-term absentees. Katrina Mackey, Kiro Sullivan, Ashley Thompson, um, you know, at the moment that are not involved. Any update on those uh, three individuals and when we might see them back? Um, I, I suppose, like the four girls who wrote long-term, there's no real... Um, update. Like they're, they're doing the rehab and, and, and that, that's Olivia Ashling. Kira and Katie O'Mahony, like they're, they're doing the rehab. Like what action they have with us before the years out is, is is questionable. Like, but they're working on as hard as they can. Um, Katrina is, I think she's went on another scan again. Um, on on the, the and the medical people are not happy with the the healing process of it. Um, she's not a few weeks off. Um, like we'll look like we've all the them back fully training tomorrow, which is a, a massive boost for us. Um. To have her coming back into the, the like she's been doing a lot of rehab now as well and working and a lot of stuff and she's she's back in full training now tomorrow which is as I say is a massive boost and we think Pamela Mackey is not too far away from the leader she might be another week or so but she's close enough to us so look, getting these players back in, in into the squad fighting for places is, is only good for us like but um, the players that are, have started yesterday and came on like they're all they're, they're all there ahead of them at this stage because look they're, they're performing week after week and, and training after training so that's what stands to us. 
It certainly does. And just to add to that, Matthew, uh, you were at, uh, like I was, the Cork Intermediates win on Saturday, their National League win over Galway, a real tough uh, game in difficult conditions. And again, the churn in that particular squad for Trevor Coleman, he's had, you know, a few, of, a few of those, his players have been called up into your senior panel now. He's had to chop and change a lot. But there's players coming through and the results keep coming uh, as well as the performances. Like, I mean, it's got to be reassuring for you at the senior level to see that happening at intermediate as well because it just shows, again, the depth of players that are in the county. Absolutely. Like, um, last week there, we, we brought up Hayley, Ryan and Aoife Barrett uh, onto our panel and they came in it was, it was a seamless transition from you know they came in settling straight away and did, we got through gay time yesterday how short it was we just wanted to get them on the field get them feel for us but they came in seamless like um, that game the other day was, was all about character really like, it was in tough conditions but I know Trevor made a few changes as well going into that game so look he got, he got a look you know there was a few goals stood up again for him that were impressive as well like you know I suppose the one goal stood up for me but um, I think Fiona Nell again from Charleville yeah. She was excellent, I thought, like, and, you know, showed first life around the place, like, but, like Lucy Allen and, you know, the, all the mainstays, Leanne O'Sullivan, again, as usual, um, putting in a great performance. Like, so, look, they're, they're, like, yeah, I suppose that's the, the nature of the beast, that, like, you know, the players, like, we, we, we can pull them off, right? but it's, um, you know, it's a testament to Trevor, like, you know, we, we, everything was in conversation with him, we have a great relationship, we're lucky to have that, like, you know, I suppose he's disappointed with losing players coming up to the panel, but, um, no, he, he's he's well aware of what, what the you know what what the, the whole story is with that. Like we're, we're trying to help him as much as we can as well. Certainly are. Just to finish up, Matthew. Obviously, we're looking ahead now to this weekend, and you're hosting Galway in Parky Cueve as well. Um, an opportunity. I mean, look, the the permutations are pretty straightforward. You're all but in the league final, barring a disastrous 19 point or 20 point defeat. I think to Galway. Um, Will you look to experiment or have you made your mind up yet? I mean, coming into it, you know, the fact that you'll have a league point to look forward to now as well. Is this an opportunity for others on the fringes maybe to get a start and, and show what they can do? Um, it, it, it's kind of a, a mixed match, really. Like, I, I suppose like, we still need players getting game time as well because um, after Sunday's game, we have a three-week way to the league final. So, like, for four weeks for players to be with the game is a bit much... Um, we will probably make one or two changes to us, um, certainly to give players a rest and, and, and as you say, give people a chance to put their hand up as well. So, like, we haven't really decided, I suppose, we'll, we'll discuss now in training Tuesday night and see what exactly what we do. But, look, we're, we're in a good position. Um, so, like, the, the opportunity playing on Parky Kiev is always a very exciting thing as well, like, you know, before the Carton Derby match and, and, you know, every player wants to play down there. So, to trying to manage that now is, is the next thing. Indeed, it is. And just finally, I mean, if if I'd offered you, if I'd offered you at the start of the season a league final position, unbeaten, and going into your final game with Galway in the shape that you're in, I'd imagine you'd have taken that. But how happy are you with the overall progress you and your backroom team of where you wanted to be, irrespective of results at this time of the year? Yeah, I, like, I would have bitten the hand off you. Yeah. There's no question of the doubt of us. Like, you know, but I suppose look, I, I spoke to Judy about this before. I suppose we want to put all Mark uh, on the team this year. With, like. Like we know the players a long time, like this, you know, Teddy and myself and these have been there a long time and, and, and we kinda know what way we want to play and, and we were lucky that look Wesley and, and especially Liam Cohen and coming into it. Um, you know, this this the style of play we're trying to bring into it. It's it's it's, it's more fluent. Like I think yesterday we were discussing the coming home on the bus yesterday was our first game we played, I'd say in about three years that there was no sweep involved in any between either team. It was fifteen on fifteen. I, I can't remember a game like that that I've been involved in Cock Mogi. There's always Every time we play anyone, they always kind of throwing a sweeper. Or, or, or at times, no last. To be fair, we were throwing a sweeper. 
So it was just it was an exciting game. It was just like, it was a game that the players were able to kind of just kind of let loose. So that's what you're kind of trying to do all the time. Excellent stuff, and you're doing it very well at the moment. Uh, best of luck at the weekend against Galway in the National League Division One clash at Parky Creek as part of a doubleheader. Cork versus Galway with a new throw and Matthew Toomey from everybody in the bench. We'll talk to you again soon. Oh no, Jar, thanks. Yeah, the very best of luck to the uh, Cork Senior Camogie team there. Matthew Toomey speaking to Jar McCarthy. Hopefully, three Cork wins tomorrow. Of course, that's as part of a double header with Cork versus Derry in the National Football League Division Two. After that, and at four PM, it is uh, Cork versus Kilkenny in the National Hurling League semi final. Uh, Munster had gone over for two tries. Uh, it was Gavin Coombs and Craig Casey who went over the line, but Glasgow Warriors went over for another try again. So it's now 38-14 at uh, Thoman Park with 67 minutes gone. Interestingly enough there, it's actually, I it was really good uh, graphic. Every time a try is scored now in the RC, they bring up the conversion timer. So it counts down for 90 seconds because you'll be watching games and you know, you, you know, you think a kicker is taking quite a long time to take the conversion. So you can see now on the screen in the RC how long they're taking, which is a good feature, I think. Fair play to whoever... Uh, Whoever thought of that one, I know it's not exactly the most revolutionary thing in the world, but uh, it's a nice little addition to the uh, match graphics. Um, if only the actual... I, I've talked to Moss Finn about this. Moss Finn really does not like... Well, he, he knows that some of the games in the RC, they lack a bit of... Uh, bit of quality at times. If only the games were as good as the, the TV production of them, because uh, in fairness, the TV production is quite slick. And we know when the URC was kind of... When, when that whole formation was, was made, you know, going from the Pro 14 to the URC, Jay-Z's companies evolved in it, in it and all that, their uh, plan was to kind of glamorise the, the league and uh, and rugby in the Northern Hemisphere, but obviously bringing in South Africa then as well was a huge part for them. Uh, Munster just on the try line here, Zebos on the pitch, I see RG Steeman on the pitch as well, which is pretty good. Uh, Craig Casey has made a big difference since he came on obviously getting a try as well uh, so 68 minutes gone there 38-14 to Glasgow against Munster in Thoman Park alright uh, let's give a quick check up on um, the uh, first division of the League of Ireland last night no game in the Premier Division this week uh, Finn Har- or sorry where are we going here we are uh, Finn Harps yes versus Cove Ramblers finished 2 all. Uh, Cove Ramblers were down 2-0 and managed to fight back to uh, rescue a draw Jack Doherty with both goals we're going to hear from Cove boss Shane Keegan in just a second elsewhere it was Galway United 1 Longford Town 0 Bray 3 Wexford 2 and I was on commentary duty last night in LOI TV for Kerry FC versus Athlone Town in Montauk Park in Tralee and unfortunately 88 minute goal for Athlone Town making it 1-0 to them and uh, Kerry FC still looking for their first ever victory in the first division of the League of Ireland. Uh, but uh, good enough night, I suppose, considering, you know, you go away to uh, Finn Harps, you're 2-0 down. Coming away with a draw is not a bad result after that. Here is Shane Keegan speaking to Highland Radio after the match. Well, Shane, the uh, proverbial game of two halves. Yeah, that's putting it mildly. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't I don't think I've ever been as an eye to halftime in my life. Um, they're two of the... Dirtiest, sloppiest, muckiest goals I've ever seen. Um, and I suppose what was particularly great in my head is we kind of went out of our way to get prep right here. The club backed us to stay overnight in Galway last night. We left yesterday evening. We stayed overnight halfway up. We did everything right in the last 24 hours to get our performance right tonight. 
And we delivered that shit in the first half. Like it was absolutely atrocious, so it was. And it, I, I don't think I've ever been as irate at half time. And all you can do is demand a response, demand a response from individuals who've not let me down, let themselves down. And you're asking them to step up. And thankfully they did. Thank Jesus they did. And I think we probably done enough in the second half. Obviously with the missed penalty and a couple of half, I think we probably done enough to, to win the game. Um, so we have so. Yeah, it's kind of mixed feelings coming out of the place. I'm still trying to figure out my own head. Am I happy or am I not happy? I don't really know. And what, what's your take on the the league so far this season, the first division? I mean, how many teams do you think can be pushing for that promotion playoffs? I, I think it's very, very straightforward, to be honest with you. I think the top three are going to be Galway, Watford and Bray in whatever order. I think Kerry, because it's their first year in the league, are struggling a little bit and will probably be down around the bottom. And that leaves six of us, and I think there's two positions for the other six I think there's nothing between any of the other six of us I think on any given day any one of the other six of us is capable of beating each other and I think that's going to make for an absolutely fascinating league and what did you think of Harps obviously you don't know most of those players so it was kind of coming up to the unknown yeah well look obviously did a huge amount of research on White Scout over the course of the last week but it is if you are starting from a base level of zero pretty much in terms of the knowledge that you do have on them which is rare in the league where you're meeting the same players over and over and over so it, it was a different task this week trying to wrap my head around them and then you know there's a couple of guys not involved that young fellow come on left back for you last week I would have had him factored in to be starting um who else? There was another one that we expected to play that wasn't playing. Uh, I knew my God, the centre half was out. No, there was another one. I can't think quite who it was. But um, yeah, it was very different task trying to uh, trying to get bits and bobs of info on people. But you still have the clips from the first few games of the season. Um, but look, there's so many new bodies there that they can they were only ever going to continue to improve kind of week on week over the over the first few months because um, they're going to start to gel and they're going to and look I would imagine even though they'll be disappointed not to have got the win I would think they would still be arguing that's probably their best performance of the season and they'll probably continue to get better I think and finally good to see you at all the grounds you know the attendances this season very healthy also in the first division 1200 here tonight which is a lot more than there would have been in many previous years in first division games against Cove and you've got been getting good support as well that all augurs well for the future yeah it does it does it really is like it's you know you were probably aware the first division has been long referred to as the graveyard um, so it has both because of attendances and I suppose the quality of every player that was there and thankfully both of those things have changed I mean look you know, missed penalty, uh, thrown into the bargain. You've seen what Jack Doherty can do tonight. I mean, to have a player of that standard in the first division um, is fantastic. And there's a good few players of that standard in the first division now, which you would have had those players in the first division in the past, I don't think. Um, and that has led to the attendances, thankfully, been far, far higher than they've been before. I think our first two gates were 1,400 and 1,600, which is brilliant by our by our own standards. Um, so, yeah, look, I think, it's, uh, I think there's been a big, big turn and it's brilliant to see. And just to give people in, an insight into what it's like travelling from one end of the country to another, you're getting onto the, the team bus now, so what time will you arrive home? Yeah, well, I'm a bit luckier. I'm, I'm a leash man. I don't have to travel all the way back down to Cork, so the boys are on, on the bus. I'm, I'm into the car myself, and I'll drive back down. It's probably only about four hours for me, but the boys will. Uh, boys are probably looking at about seven to seven and a half hours there, thereabouts before. And, and that's a group of fellas who left at five o'clock yesterday evening, all booked days off work today because they're pretty much all working. So look, you, you couldn't ask any more of them in that sense. Their commitment is fantastic, but as I say, just having done all the prep right, 
horrendous then to find yourself 2-0 down inside 12 minutes it's, it's infuriating but look all's well that reasonably ends well I suppose and yourself and Dave Rogers had some nice, uh, kind words to each other before the game. Have you seen him after it? Yeah, look, Dave's a great guy. You saw he is absolutely super fella, and you're always, you're always like having a chat with him because he's, he's, you know, he's, I think he's like myself. You try and be kind of smiling and enthusiastic and things like that. So he's a great fella, and look, there's no doubt he's going to get things right between now and the end of the season too. Yeah, an 865.2 kilometre round trip for Cove Ramblers for that game. Um, it must have been some late, uh, a very early morning, I would say, getting home from there as well. Um, definitely, it's you have to go there the night before uh, making a trip like that. I know Kerry FC is what they're doing, similar, I think they're travelling the night before, but it's the coming home then. It's, uh, it's a late one, it certainly is. Uh, Munster have gone over for another try to make it 38-21 at Towan Park with 74 minutes gone there. All right, big one at Turner's Cross tomorrow. I think it's been 14 years since an Ireland Under-21 International was played in Cork. It's Ireland versus Iceland. Delighted to say I'll be on commentary duty on LOI TV for that one alongside Cork City legend Philip Long. Uh, Jim Crawford was in studio with us a couple of weeks weeks back speaking to Rory. We're going to hear from him in just a minute. Uh, you can go back and listen to that chat in full on redfm.ie and uh, go to the uh, podcast section. Click on the big red bench. You can get a, a replay of this episode as well, of course, and all the other episodes in the Women in Sport podcast as well. They're also on all podcast platforms. Uh, just some news. Unfortunately, Cork City midfielder Maddie Healy is out. He had to pull out due to injury. The other news is that Joe Hodge, of course, the uh, the Wolves man, the man who made uh, made his debut in the Premier League this season, was named captain uh, for the game and also uh, for the upcoming qualifiers, which begin in September. Here's Rory speaking to Jim Crawford a couple of weeks back. It's exciting um, having the under-21s back in Turners Cross because it's been a while. Yeah, I think it's been 14 years, you know, so, um, and it's been always on our radar as a staff to say that certainly we'll go down to Turner's Cross because I think my experience is there as a, as a player and I, I played in the league for a few years and, it, you know, the fans, you know, excuse that, that old saying of being the, the 12th man mm. and, and that's what they are because they, you know, they're vocal, they get right behind their team and, and, it's just something that we spoke about a long time that, you know, let's get a game down in, in Turner's Cross and, and you know, uh, get the people of Cork, Waterford, um, Limerick, etc., um, you know, on our journey, mm. you know. And, and I think that's very important because I think we have a really good group of players and I think, you know, to provide that type of platform for, for fans to come and see them, you know, um, I think it's important for football. Yeah, and as you say, like it creates that bond between supporters, uh, particularly in the southern region, because if the twenty ones are playing in Tal all the time, people might not get a chance to see them. Yeah, and and you know, I think it's yeah. it's it's important to spread it around. You know, I, I know that the the nineteens are playing in Wexford now in a couple of weeks too in their their elite campaign. Um, you know, and and I just think it's it's very important for us to to go down to Cork. And what it really is, it's it's nearly like a you know it's a dry run or a dress rehearsal. That if all things go well with regards preparation, um, you know, we get a really um, you know big turnout. That it's something that we've got to sit down at the end of 
the March window and just say, okay, are we going to take our campaign um, in Toronto's Cross for all our home games? And there's a, a lot of really exciting home games to, to look forward mm. to where you've got Turkey, um, you know, Italy, Norway, like huge games. A packed Turner's Cross with a, a, a loud crowd is a massive advantage for teams and it would be that for your team if the, you were to play your qualifier here. You're right, they're right on top of the yeah, right on top of players. Yeah, it's, as I said already, I played there and, and I just enjoyed it and I always knew coming down to Turner's Cross that you were up against a partisan crowd that <laughs> were, would make a hell of a lot of noise and, yeah. and I loved it. I loved it, and and I think for our players to to experience the the you know the the noise from the from the fans would mm-hmm. be um, would be important for them, you know, and and I just think that you know the the, the quality of players that you know we, we could have on show would 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 excite the crowd and, mm-hmm. and get people off their seats, you know what I mean? Because um, we've we some really talented players. Yeah, and really looking forward to it. It is a sellout as well. So uh, hopefully that dry run, as he was saying, for qualifying games down here passes the test. How great would that be? Ireland Under 21 qualifying campaign here in Cork. Uh, it would be fantastic, great opportunity. And hopefully uh, hopefully it all goes well. Hopefully an Ireland win and a great game tomorrow. All right, that is it uh, for this evening. Rory is going to be along tomorrow. It's still 38. Oh, try for Munster just gone over there. I think it's Casey again by the looks of it. Uh, so it's 38-26 with a conversion pending in the corner there. Uh, so yeah, Rory's going to be along tomorrow evening from 6pm. Of course, plenty of action with three Cork teams out and that Ireland game as well. Stevie G is on the way next. Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. Cork's Red FM.